the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. When we set up this podcast, one of the stated aims was to tell the stories of interesting and important people doing interesting and important things within the shipping industry. So this week, I'm handing over the reins to our insurance and law editor, David Osler, who's been out and about talking to just such a pair of people. Lindsay Mellon-Habib is a senior sales director at Resolve Marine Group, which is also the new president of the American Salvagers Association. She talks to Dave about both of her jobs and gives us an update on the recent Hogue Zymin car carrier casualty in Jacksonville. Then we have Drury's Susan Oatway. She's the first woman chair of the Institute of Chartered Shipbrokers. Susan explains why she believes the ICS, as the industry's professional body, is just as important now as it was when it got its royal charter back in 1920. Over to you, David. Lindsay, yes. for the benefit of listeners outside the US, can you give us a quick intro to the ASA and what it does? Yeah, so um, first of all, my name is Lindsay Mallon-Habib, and I'm the president of the American Salvage Association. Um, The association is an organization to unite U.S. salvers, inclusive of Canadian salvers, South American and Central American salvers, and salvers into the Caribbean Sea. Um, It is composed of general members whose core business is salvage, emergency response and rec removal. Um, Those are our primary general membership uh, members who are also salvers that respond internationally. Um, It was founded 20 years ago. It's actually our 20th anniversary. Um, We came together um, after the Exxon Valdez in 1989 and in light of the OPA 90 regulations being enforced, um, they were actually first focused on oil spill response and then realized there needs to be an initiative for salvage to help mitigate oil from hitting the sea. So we actually say we like our job is to keep the oil in the ship. Um, So we came together as salvers and we helped push forward the OPA 90 regulations into the salvage marine firefighting arena and had those regulations then implemented. They were then introduced into the United States in 2011 for tank vessels and 2013 for non-tank vessels. Okay. Now, great. Two decades up and running and you're the first woman president. So uh, what does that say about diversity in the North American salvage companies? Well, I think that we're seeing more and more diversity um, as we are throughout the maritime industry. Um, The marine industry has traditionally been male dominated. And if you look at salvage, it's even more male dominated. Um, But that does not mean that they're not open to women in leadership positions and women in salvage operational positions. Um, Right now, I feel as though as a woman, you can do anything that a man can do uh, within the salvage industry. um, And we're seeing more of that growth um, with women joining the industry. Um, so it's something that's it's pretty exciting. But yes, I am the first female president and I'm sure not to be the last. Um, I think that we are extremely diverse organization. Um, I feel as though in salvage, especially you're going to meet a ship owner on their worst day. You're going to be responding to natural disasters, to shoreside emergencies, to casualties at sea, and you're coming together for the same cause to help protect the environment 
life and property at sea. And once you put on your coveralls, no matter your race, no matter your gender, everybody is equal. I mean, there's really no school for salvage. Um, we do tend to pick from different maritime universities and uh, focus on maritime engineers and naval architects. Um, but really, you could be a deckhand that then was a diver that worked your way through the ranks and eventually becomes a salver and a salvage master. And it doesn't matter your race um, or, or, or your gender. Okay. Uh, your main job, um, your client services manager at Resolve Marine Group, one of the big names. Um, yes. And yeah, I know that you've been involved in a number of US major casualties lately, including Hug Jamen at Jacksonville in June, which I wrote about. That sounds like a pretty spectacular blaze. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, it was. Um, it's definitely one of the larger salvage marine firefighting cases that we've had in the last few years. She was a car carrier um, that set on fire while in port in Jacksonville. Um, under the OPA 90 regulations, um, Ho is a client of Resolve Marine Group, so their vessel response plan was activated and we started to deploy our resources. Um, we met and exceeded all of the time frame requirements that are set upon the salvers for shoreside firefighting, getting tugs on the vessel, um, as well as getting our marine firefighters um, to the project as soon as possible. Um, the fire was contained over a weekend, um, and then we brought in marine chemists to check the safety of the vessel. And after about a week and a half, she became a wreck hire, a constructive total loss, and um, we began removing the vehicles, uh, which is where we're at in the project right now. Still ongoing? It is ongoing, yes. Yeah, okay. Um... And while we were setting this interview up over email, you mentioned that COVID-19 is is an issue for you for mobilizing people in response to incidents. Uh, can you say a little bit more about that? Yes, I think that uh, COVID-19 has posed challenges to all of us in the marine industry. We're seeing seafarers that are stuck on board vessels, unable to do crew change for us. Um, our people are our greatest assets. So mobilization is extremely important as well as logistics and timeframes. So being, a, being having travel restrictions, um, especially when we look at bringing specialists on board to a project and getting them, we source them from our offices and warehouses around the world um, was definitely and has been a big challenge for us as we've been responding to cases in Italy, in um, Ireland as well as in the United States. Um, so more of the uh, time, getting the testing, having proper uh, quarantine before getting to a project, but being able to get to that project in an emergency response fashion. Um, as well, we see projects shutting down because of COVID, such as the Golden Ray wreck removal um, in Atlanta, Georgia. Right now, they are totally shut down the entire project because of COVID cases that occurred. Um, so that's something that everybody is extremely wary of. And so as much as we're doing our testing as fast as possible, you still can't wait three days to go out to a ship fire. You need to be there right away. Um, and so we're taking the precautions that we can. Um, Resolve has a very strong COVID-19 plan, as do the additional salvers of the ASA. And we're just looking at it like any other owner operator would be right now um, and facing those challenges to the best of our abilities. 
Okay, great. Lindsay, thank you very much. Susan, on the off chance that anybody who listens to the Lloyd's List podcast doesn't actually know who or what the Institute of Chartered Shipbrokers is, um, can you give us a quick roundup about what we need to know about the organisation? Okay, so the Institute of Chartered Shipbrokers is uh, the premier, I would have to say, being its chairman, membership organisation for all those involved in commercial shipping. The title shipbroker is is a slight anomaly now over 100 years since we were uh, we were founded um, because we have ship agents logistics people you know consultants like myself you know every, any, anyone and everyone in commercial shipping and uh, so we were we were formed in um, 1911 and our and our royal charter was signed in 1920. So this is actually where the centenary of our Royal Charter is this year. So we operate under a Royal Charter through the Privy Council and that gives us the, uh, through the the examination system that we have, that gives us the uh, right, if you like, to uh, donate post-nominals to our members. So you become a member of the Institute of Chartered Shipbrokers and you're then allowed to put MICS and hopefully in time FICS when you're a fellow after your name so it's a proper you know legal professional because because, yeah I was going to say that charter is very important isn't it it gives the institute a status in the same way that the Institute of Chartered Accountants or other professional bodies have Absolutely, absolutely, and I think what it, for for uh, you know for the for the institute as it were, it it means that our examinations are recognised. They're a recognised qualification uh, to enable you to to have that professional standing globally. And you know, obviously, we started in London um, all those years ago, uh, but it but uh, and you know swiftly became a UK. Uh, organization but over the last 30 years at least probably more actually 40 years that international stretch has now uh, expanded so we have 25 branches worldwide everywhere from Vancouver to Melbourne so or even Wellington actually the Australian New Zealand branch so so with you know various in between and I think those post nominals are highly regarded uh, I believe by people around the world. When I, you know, my day job, when I speak at various places around the world, the fact that I have FICS after my name, people come up and go, oh, you're, you're a fellow, I'm also a member, or, you know, whatever. So it's, a, it's definitely a, a well-regarded um, uh, qualification. Right. But do you think that it still serves the needs of the industry, which, after all, has changed quite dramatically over the last hundred years? Yes, uh, I think I think that is a good question. Uh, I think that it does. I think we have moved on in that time, and our um, our syllabus has moved significantly to uh, to incorporate new uh, subjects and new new ideas. It's constantly revised. I think there is a definite need for a broader understanding from. Uh, for all parts of the commercial sector and I actually think particularly younger generations you know 
I'm I'm definitely <laughs> over the 50 threshold now. But I think for younger generations, it's a case of you know they are much much keener to have that uh, both that knowledge, but also that that qualification that shows other people that they have that knowledge. I think that's a that's a that's still a very relevant thing in in today's today's world. Right, it's the hundredth anniversary, and you're the first woman chairman. Um, not before time, is it? Uh, no, I don't think so. Although I think I think possibly it's been a while coming, but now now that it's here, I hope you know I'm definitely not going to be the last. There's a certain amount of responsibility to make sure I'm not the last. And you know, to be honest, you know, the institute we don't want to have just ticked that diversity box and then we go back to you know another 20 odd years before there's another one in in another uh, woman in this position so I think uh it's not without time but now might well have been the right time for it I think and uh, okay. hopefully um, they'll be <laughs> do you have any idea what proportion of your membership are women we didn't used to keep that qualification. The institute well, probably because you know when it was put together, it was only ever men. So it's only in fairly recently that we've started to record that. We've started to ask, um, you know, part of the GDPR thing. We've started to ask people if they would tick that particular box. So we're we're definitely under fifty percent. Uh, we are aiming for that i think the, the one of the more interesting numbers is actually on, on our student membership we are much closer to that 50 percent share than we are in our membership at the moment so as our new members are coming forward then we're getting we're getting better when i when i took the exams 30 odd years ago i was one of two women in a class when i taught a uh, a class uh, last year you know it was it was pretty much 50 50 and i think that's that is um uh you know that's where the world is going now there is no it's for me actually the bigger crisis and i'm not i'm not saying it isn't a crisis about women but there is a crisis about young people in general and that's across the maritime sector i think there is a, sure. a problem there I'm sure, but uh, for, again, first woman chairman, that's a bit of an anachronism, isn't it? Are you going to change the job title? Well, I think, David, you know, it is just a job title. You know, you're, you're a chairman. Uh, yes, I think, you know, you should be. I would hope that I'm the, I'm the chair. Most people refer to me as the chair. We're a bit like a very, very large ore carrier, and it takes us some time to turn that circle. And what are your priorities? So my uh, my main uh, aims are to try and bring the sort of the two sides of the institute much closer together. So on the one, you know, I've just said we're we're an old traditional established membership organisation, but we're also, you know, also fairly modern in our thinking about subsidising education qualifications. You know, we're run by a lot of our branches are run by volunteers, but uh, membership volunteers who are brilliant. Um, and then on the other side, we're involved with UN, the UN Task Force on Illegal Trafficking. And one of the ways I would like to bring us more together is this: is the whole idea around mentoring. I'm really quite keen on that. We have a we're trying to put together a future leaders network at the moment, which takes our best students and tries to encourage them further in their careers, but also just very basic mem mentoring with our 
established members and fellows taking a student under their wing, trying to, even if it's just encouraging them to sit their exams, saying, no, it's okay, just give it a go, or, or you know, have a phone call when they're having a bit of a wobble. You know, that, that whole mentoring idea is to show that we're an integrated institute. That was one of my big things when I started in this position that I would like to have established that, uh, that mentoring project. Okay, Susan Oatway, Chairman of the ICS, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yeah.